0: The day four the new world order. Welcome folks, welcome to another episode, another brand new episode of Arthur Tyrell Podcast. Um, it's just me by myself today. I'm just making things completely short and sweet. I still got a job to do, and I still got a business to run. So here I am, gonna give you last night's recap of WWE's pay per view, Extreme Rules, The Horror Show. Ooh. Um, before we get before we get to that, go give a special shout out to Anchor for giving us the podcast platform that we need to make our podcast happen here. ...on an Anchor Podcast. Give us the customization tools that we need to make this thing happen. It gets us uh, our podcast to other platforms. And also, make a little bit of chump change on the side of the piggy bank. Watch that thing build up to be nice and smooth. If um, you want to do exactly what the hell that we did, I suggest that you download this. Download this app, Anchor Podcast. Um, you can download it through iTunes or Google Play... ...or Google... um ...do the Google Play Store. Or you can go online... Um, to www.anchor.fm and just proceed from there. Or you can transfer your podcast from another station to theirs. So pretty simple, right? Nonetheless, um, we're going to get right into it. Cause like I said, I'm by myself today. (laughs) Oh, shout out to Dre on wheels. Shout out to Sean Patrick, uh, Sean Patrick O'Brien. And shout out to our last guest that just came on the show for after dark, Ryan Cartwright. (sighs) So, cool. So, we're going to move forward from that. We're going to start this thing up with the kickoff show. Um, During the whole kickoff show, I'm going to make it short this week. Big e and Kofi interview being involved in this table smash, defending the titles. They bring out Devon Dugley. It asks him for advice. It's simple. You just put your opponents through the table. Overly a stab, Biggie as he can be, as the New Day rocks. New the Day rocks. Certain people and one particular person who's behind the scenes, doesn't like that gimmick, but we're going to talk about him today. This is all about pay-per-view day. <laughs> so we go to another section, uh, another section backstage. Charlie then interviews Bobby Lashley, and MVP, on Apollo's stupidity, and he learns that he, that the Hurt Business, apparently, will become the greatest United States champion ever. Um, but during the kickoff show, we get the we we get a match that I was actually kind of surprised that I did and now Since I had like such short notice, um, uh, Kevin Owens versus Murphy. <sighs> this was a stinker. Well, not too much of a stinker, but it was just a stinker. Like it didn't. It, it, I mean, what cause did it really have? I guess. But um, there's gonna be more horrifying stuff that you're gonna hear me say in such a short span of time on the show today. Um, this was eight minutes. Kevin Owens gets the win using the stutter. As I said, dude, he he's not allowed to, to use Stone Cold. He lost his finisher, but somehow, some way, he's getting away with it. Um, one star or one point five stars. Excuse me, it was just eh. It it was thrown it was thrown together at the last minute. Why the hell you disrespecting Kevin Owens like this, Because because he's speaking up for the locker room or he's speaking up for himself. Pathetic WWE, how you treated this man. Going to the second match, which was at the actual, the actual pay per view itself. The second match with the SmackDown Tag Team Championships was on the line in the Tables match. The New Day defended the titles against Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura with a fifteen-minute battling, hard hitting, smack around, bruise the row, get tossed around like rag dolls. And Niddy coming close, close. So several cases that we slam through tables. We finally get Cesaro power bombing Kofi through two stacked tables on the outside near the currency table. And he power bombs them. And we have new tag team champions. Yes. That means now, as certain people was kind of predicted, how long will this last? Mm, now we see it coming to its fruition, folks. Now let's see. What WWE plans to do about keeping Cesaro and Shinsuke hot as we move forward from there. 15 minutes, new tag team champions. I was pretty ecstatic with this, but I heard behind the scenes with several other crew members that they didn't like this match. Probably because of the fact that Kovi and them lost, but, you know, there's always a point that you got to go out to the next chapter. You can't read the same chapter over and over and over again and never know how this whole thing is going to end or what's going to end this whole book. Of a person's career, nonetheless. So, three spots for this. Be bad, me, all the fuck that you want. Then afterwards, Cesaro and Walked walk towards the, with Michael Cole at the commentary table. Actions beside the words. And he proved it tonight, folks. He shut down. No, he he shut that whole nonsense down. Cuts backstage. Alexa gives pep talk to Nikki Cross, um, Oscar, and Kyrie. Saying on the championship matches, Nikki's ready. I'm feeling excited as she's always been. Oscar is Oscar's ready, ready for Oscar. Oscar is ready for Sasha, and Kyrie's just happy that she's just happy with herself. <laughs> but as as reports has confirmed that this will be set for her last TV taping, so which means she is officially done with WWE. And as I'm as I move forward, there's one other person. That I'm going to have a big question about their career. Now what happened to them during their match. Moving forward. The third match of the night was for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Nikki Cross goes one-on-one with Bailey, Who defended her title. But of course, Nikki's not by herself. She comes in with Alexa Bliss. Bailey comes in with her best friend Sasha Banks. I was actually kind of surprised that this was actually 10 minutes worth. But it was a alright match. I felt like for a pay-per-view, you should have given your all, especially with the situation that's going on. We had to be entertained. Now it feels like this pay-per-view, we kind of just want to brush through real quick or only go to certain matches. I didn't I didn't want to give this match that treatment. I actually wanted to watch it to see if Nikki was really gonna be that psychopathic girl that I dreamed that was gonna whip the living shit out of Bailey, but I didn't get that. We get some traditional really wrestling match. I thought Nikki was actually just fed up with the with the whole point. Now imagine coming from two days ago from Friday Night Smackdown and you're angry and you and you attack Bailey blindsided wise. Why didn't you try to go have that same intensity and fire in this match? I felt as this, this, this match was off. Um how who was the one perhaps? Bailey retains her belt uses Sasha Banks's brass knuckles as she her into the ring under her careful position and um, as Nikki was trying to get to her but the referee was getting distracted punches Nikki crosses in the ribs and hits a face planter One, two, three. she retains her belt within 10 minutes 2.5 stars 2.5 we all knew there wasn't going to be no title change here and even if so Will really it be for Nikki Cross? Really? You better put in the belt back on Alexa Bliss's That Then the afterwards, we get a five-five fun house. The horror show edition, folks. And let me just say this. If you guys grew up watching Tales of the Crypt, if y'all actually watched that show, this is exactly what this segment was the fuck about. Reminds me of the old... Oh me staying up to 12.30, 1 o'clock, on, I think it was on, like, usually like a Friday night, or, I mean, a Friday morning or Saturday morning, that tells of the Crypt would come on, and you have it just to sit there just to watch it, the old, creepy-ass skeletal with fucking Benjamin Franklin's hair, <laughs> would we'll just read you some horrifying stories. It just reminds you of Goosebumps, but this was just more edgy than that shit. But this time... We got Bray Wyatt doing this thing, folks. So, Bray Wyatt gives us some spooky stuff, which was the recap of the, the quick little footage of uh, the karaoke show that, that I'm bringing a tyrant about what the fuck is there to be doing. As he blames Raymond, Raymond Rabbit had did it, then he talked about the swamp match. He talk in this whole, like I said to you before, in this whole Tales of the Crypt form. But this is not Halloween, folks. I will understand. Now, this is my tyrant for the day. I would understand if this Extreme Rules was done in October. I would understand it was done in, in, in October. You could have Unforgiven here. You could have had Fastlane here. You could have had any one of those other pay-per-view titles here. Why in the hell, if you're going to try to convert this whole Extreme Rules because there's nothing really a extreme about because the whole COVID 19 situation, there's nothing really going to be extreme about. You, you you have only limited resources. You transform it to the Extreme Show. Then you has to give like this whole spooky horror Halloween theme feel to it. We're in July, folks. We're in fucking July. We are not in December yet. So I would respect it if they would have saved that. So if this, if this COVID 19 would have still kept on later on down the months, past SummerSlam, past September, going into October, then fine. I will understand you doing the stream, Rooms, the Horror show in October because it's meant to be there. Halloween time. You know what I'm saying? Seasons changing and shit. What you giving me? You giving me some Halloween thing in July, man. I'm hot as fuck over this. I'm better off throwing the fucking big-ass and lantern fucking lamp pumpkin at the WWE headquarters for this one. That's my tyrant of the day, though. This is not Halloween, dumb fucks. Please don't be assaulting my fucking intelligence. Don't be assaulting don't be assaulting Vivid Wrestling Faces' intelligence for this. No wonder why that this thing sucked. And I, don't, and, and, and I don't even have to trash the whole entire thing, but now the whole theme of it sucked. I'm going to move forward from there. Coming forth with the fourth match, it was supposed to be the U.S. title match between Apollo Crews and MVP, but, and um, we're going to wish Apollo Crews a speedy recovery as sources have confirmed that he had contracted the COVID 19 virus as well. So, that's why he hasn't been on Raw for the last three weeks, including last night's um last night's extreme rules. So, they have to play it differently to the story to keep this thing going to see who's the rightful U.S. champion. But until then, we get this. So, MVP comes out with Bobby Lashley. He cuts the promo, talking smack about Apollo for either he's not cleared to come out because of Bobby Lashley's attack from a few weeks ago. Or he's scared, or the fact that some other entities outside the industry had gotten to him. But nonetheless, that he wants the referee to admit that this was a forfeit, and that and he had lastly put on his belt and walks away. Um, wow. So, like I said, two. So, like I said, when it comes to that, um, we wish Apollo Cruz a speedy recovery. But two shits in the fucking toilet seat flush. Yes, Deuce, I had to quote you for the day because this was actually two shits of a Toy Sea flush. I didn't know the situation between Apollo Crews behind the st- um, behind the scenes until roughly two hours ago. So I didn't know that he even had the virus until then. So here's the key question for WWE. How in the fuck you have a black champion, right? And he calls out of this virus, and then how long did you guys know about this? And why in the hell was no announcement even made? And more importantly, I bet you you would have done this shit for Roman Reigns. I bet you would have done this shit for John Cena. I bet you would done for so many other fucking people that you favored, but this one perhaps, and you get nothing. And then we only get a confirmation basically through um, the dirt sheets within like the very next day. We didn't even know if it for the last two weeks. We thought okay, something really happened, or he's not booked for TV just yet. We didn't know that he was actually like, I mean like you know, being quarantined. So I felt like I got raw. Out of, I like I got raw out of that time. WWE wasted a lot of fucking money on this bullshit ass piece that they could have done this shit backstage in their promo. And some fucking reporter or interviewer could kind have of came up and just told him that yo, sources had confirmed that he caught oh, or where. Oh yeah, I forgot. WWE doesn't want their employees or anyone to say the C-word convict or coronavirus. Full of full of dog shit right now. So you know what I'm about to do for the very first time, folks? Two shits in a two shits in the United States toilet flush. Sons of bitches. Jesus, no wonder why. Like, who the hell was I? What What kind of shit was I watching last night? The fifth match. Boy, oh boy, this match is going to have people. It's going to have the kids squeamish. But people like me, we are no. I mean, come on now. <laughs> an eye for an eye. Should I say this again? An eye for an eye. An eye for an eye. An eye for an eye. (laughs) An eye for an eye. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. This was an eye for an eye match. This is the first time. Well, no. Excuse me. Let me correct myself. This was the second time in professional wrestling history that it has actually been done a match. AEW has done the first. Correction. Shout out to them, by the way. Um, and I find is basically, there is no pay for, there is no submission, there is no account, no disqualifications. The main goal was to blind the other person's eye until the fact that they can't perform no more, or in this case, yank the person's eye out of his socket. <laughs> <laughs> this is between the rivalry between Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. No Murphy, no Dominic, which I was actually kind of surprised. This was 20 minutes that I'm seeing Ray Mysterio trying to poke another man's eye with a stick, with stairs. Same thing for Seth Rollins, including with pliers. and God knows what the fuck else. And my God, at the very end, we curse stomped his ass out on the outside at the very end for the finish. The finish is something that's going to be the most gruesome part. I'm sorry. Come on, I got to take a puff of this. Poor Rey Mysterio gets cursed on the outside. Boom! Knocks. Seth Rollins picks him up, brings him to the corner, still stares. As Rey is fighting for his life, hands over, hand over the point, all that still no cigar. With much force, he gets the same fucking eye again. Because you want to know why? Ray Mysterio in the middle of the damn match. Exposed. His eye was healed. Like a dumbass. You put a John Boxy in the match. And look what the fuck that shit got you again. It got you. He got your eye poked out again. <laughs> to the point where. If you still framed the shot of him. Supposed to be holding his eyeball. Which he had his gloves on. So it was a perfect texture. To try to like make it seem like it was small. And we know if that was ever gonna fucking happen, there's no way your eye would have been pushed in, not out. It would have been different, except for I would have used the pliers and instead to try to yank his eyeball out of his socket. But how would they able to accomplish that? Gruesome. <sighs> yeah, they had to come get it right away. I hated this bullshit. Because it was the same fucking eye. If you really try to make a point, you go after the other one. The one that he actually needed to see. So te- it was technically as one still barely healing, the other one. So now you're completely in the wheelchair. You went after the same eye, Seth. Bad move, Chief. But at the end of this match, he throws up. Him and only him. Not the referee, not the medical assistant. Not even not, not even the crowd, not not even the trainees. That was behind the Pesty glass. Nothing. No throwing on no nothing from anyone else but him. Why? Did it what did they return something that bad? And how's that gruesome technically? Is that like he's seen the eyeball hanging out of his socket as they're trying to put the towel over his head? So I don't understand that angle right there. That's just me talking. That's just me. And you know how the fuck I watched it. How the fuck I felt about it. Because now we're going to look at it. You're going to be like, well, that means either two things. Either Ray is completely done with WWE and he's done. Then he's going to walk and be a free agent. Or you've written him off TV so Dominic can get his shot. And then that's what sets up for SummerSlam. And eventually, Ray Mysterio comes back later on this year. Not technically sure. But something in my heart tells me, he's going to be going. I know he wouldn't want to leave his son behind, but sometimes... I mean, even if you're a son and your father's always been there for you... In other like like walk the path with you. Sometimes you got to walk your own path. This could be the time that you'd be like, Ray, it's officially done. I'm done. And... I'm handing down my mask to my son. If he embraces it, he's, he's going to embrace my legacy and move it forward. Do not tarnish it. If he follows his own path, he could he, he be a Lucha Libre without having a mask. But either way, the choice is Dominic's. So for me, to you, Ray, be a free agent or just call it a day. Actually, just call it a day. If you go to I mean, if you go to a different promotion, I don't know if you would have the same feeling, the same fire, the same desire to keep going at this rate and at this time. But the choice is yours, sir. And yeah, we admire whatever choice that you make. So after that gruesome mass match, <laughs> Charlie Charlie interviews Bailey. Um, as we she always felt sorry for Ray because always looked up the world. but she fooled us, folks. Thought that she, I, mean, I thought that she nearly caved out, but nope. She didn't. Fooled us and hyped on her win against uh, against Nikki Cross earlier. And then Sasha comes out of nowhere in the play. And hyped up herself as she's about to go against Oscar and take away her belt and become Sasha's two belts. As we see with this. Oh my god. This is why I wish the crew was here. But this is going to be one of those things. I'm gonna have to just lay off the fucking rifle, the, the the atomic bomb, all of it. I I don't know how much time I will really have left after I'm done with this, but I'll try to get much done as I possibly can. Um, the sixth match was for the Raw Women's Championship. Oscar, the champion, defending her title against Sasha, who comes out with her best friend Bailey, but Oscar's alone. She got Kyrie. This match was beautiful. I loved the match. This was a pay-per-view fight that I was waiting to see. Now, we go on, we see healers at trying to come through. We see Bailey trying to get involved into the match. Kyrie's encouraging Oscar. Then eventually Kyrie gets involved in the match at some point to take out Bailey, but that didn't work until she got Bailey. the belly on the outside, knock her ass out, boom. Then we go back into the ring. Then Oscar Oscar knocked out. Try to get back up, and Sasha is holding the championship belt. Trying to sneak in a quick hit, but the referee catches her and, and takes the belt away from her. You can't do that. You can't do that. Trying to, trying to, trying to discourage her from going down to that deep, dark, twisted place, or well, whatever the fuck. Nonetheless, as she's arguing with the ref about, I, I gotta do what I gotta do. I need, I need to be the champion. And during the cut of nowhere. We get Oscar trying to spray the green Miss. Sasha trying to turns around. Oscar spits the green mist. Sasha green mist. Sasha, ba- Sasha ducks for her life, and hits the referee and hits the referee in the face with the green Miss instead. <sighs> now the referee's green Miss. he can't see shit. He don't know what the hell's going on. Fight still ensues. Oscar's trying to get the Oscar wall on Sasha. Bailey comes out of nowhere and hits Oscar on the back with the championship belt. Boom. And for the, tw- the twisted, craziest controversial moment, I think, in this current company's history, Bailey grabs the I mean, Bailey is walking over to the referee and takes, off her- and takes off his shirt. As he's still blinded by the grievance as he rolls out of the ring, puts on the referee's shirt and makes the three count. One, two, three. And demands the ring announcer ring the bell. This is over. She won all this crazy nonsense. The fact that she had to walk out there her damn self and grab both belts and give them both to Sasha. Now, unofficially, she's the Raw Women's Champion. The match itself, not the finish, was four stars. The finish, however, this is the way I got to let the fucking rifle come out. You're disrespecting Oscar, you disrespect Sasha. Who the fuck created this controversial ending shit? This had to be Vince's doing. This couldn't have been Bruce. Because Bruce would have been out his fucking nutsack doing that type of shit. And there's no fucking way you're gonna say, this is well, this is the only one that we can do, because we we don't want each try to hurt both women. This is a title fight. At some point, someone's gonna have to win, someone's gonna have to lose. what you, you know, what you did right here, right now, it's like some Sean Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin type shit. I can only see Stone Cold do that type of shit, Pull out a referee shirt, Go in there, stuns Vince McMahon and has Mick Foley covering Vince and makes the count his damn self. Okay, fine, that's Okay, fine, that's acceptable. But when it comes to this type of, but this type of level, these two ain't no damn big ass stars like Austin is. So just to have the finish like this, I couldn't even get to the end of fucking grade. Because in retrospect, they would have to replay this whole entire shit. Then it would have been reversed. The match would have continued. Austin could have fought back, and then boom, she could have maintained and won that. Then at least that ended would have been acceptable. Good. At least she would have had a winner. Someone had the someone had the belt for a brief second. You could have done you could done two things at once. But instead, you have Bailey. And what the fuck was Kyrie still knocked out of the ring? I mean, Dan, I know that she's probably—I mean, I know that more, I mean more likely and undoubtedly she is leaving, but that body, but that belly, the belly super on the outside really knocked her ass out for that long. Are we fucking kidding me? And even the commentary even said like, that's not right and all type of stuff. But of course it ain't right. But it's the fact that the ruling. It's controversial as well. So. That's a controversial finish. I don't want to talk about this. This is already giving me a fucking headache. I just want to. I just want to get that fucking flamethrower that I've been talking about for the last several episodes. Go down there to Orlando. Whoever the hell wrote that. And whoever the hell approved it. Should be shocked to death. Because now you're going to tell me. It's going to be a three-way, or a triple threat, SummerSlam. Sasha's going to hold Harsha's onto the belt. She's the uncrowned champion, but Oscar is really the champion because technically she didn't lose. So how can we dub this, folks? Who do you think really won, Sasha or Oscar? Moving on. Cut the backstage. We get Charlie gets an update on Rey Mysterio that there's a chance that his vision isn't impaired, apparently, even after all that his vision can still be refi- his vision can still be fixed well in the KV world i'm I'm just say Godspeed in the real world I would say ray, that just means either you're gonna walk out the door and I hope and pray that you just say either I got one more run in me somewhere else or i'll call it or i'm dubbing or i 'm putting it away my boots moving on. <sighs> We get a seven match, which was for the WWE Championship. This was Dolph rule. Um, Dolph Ziggler, Dolph versus Drew McIntyre for the world. I mean, who's defending his championship against them? Before this match even starts, Dolph Ziggler comes to the promo of what his stipulation was. Extreme rules for Dolph Ziggler. So only for him. So which means if he gets so a Drew McIntyre gets counted out, the Anything of that type of sort, he loses. So he can't fight back doing extreme rules. Only those are can. And he can go all the fuck out. So. At the end. Well, during the course of this, we see Drew smacking him around. Then he fights back. Intensifies. Those are getting weapons involved in, it, in the chairs. Sorry, 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 just the crazy stuff, including um a diving elbow off the top. From the out, I mean, to the outside, with Drew McIntyre was laying on top of a table. It smashed through, boom. Reminds you of some Shawn Michaels type shit. Yes, I know. And I actually like that stuff. Others didn't. I don't know why. Why hate? Appreciate. <laughs> so, um, Drew McIntyre during the middle towards the end, is getting his ass beat. What I mean, me, I mean, he's getting smacked around with chairs. He's getting doubt, you know I mean? He's getting zigzag all the fucking around. He get famous on the outside as a leaping Dolph Ziggler jumps from the comedy table, attaches his leg, and boom, he's the famous on the outside. And gets kick out after kick out after kick out. He yells, at, he yells at Drew McIntyre, why won't you die? Yes, he really said that. Why won't you die? Can anybody say that? And You know what that movie remind. I mean, you know what that line reminded me of. <laughs> Austin Powers, the Spy Who shags Me, when he's diving out, and when he's diving out the window, um, with the robot, on I mean, um, with the cyborg chick, getting rocket launch on the outside, diving, and he uses his body as a um as a cushion. Smash. She still ain't dead. No, she still ain't destroyed. You can't win, Powers. And then you see some guy, the assassin from above, on um, the broken window, looking down, kind of pissed off. Like, oh, my God. And you just see Austin Powell's like, why won't you die? This is exactly it. Or this just reminds you of some Joker and Batman shit. Joker's just trying to kill up Batman anyway that he fucking has to, but Batman is just too much for him. Why won't you stay dead? <laughs> <laughs> I laughed, but... I, I, I mean, I questioned it. Like, who got the approval on this shit? <laughs> Yo. are gonna try his hardest, bro. Like, what I mean try his hardest, I mean... Where is it like you're trying to kill him? Like, you're trying to kill this man. Like, why didn't you try to get some extreme shit? Like, the pliers that um Seth Rollins was using. <laughs> that was what it took some, You know, that was just some damn extreme. Shit. I remember... Well, um, what was that Hell in the Cell? Where Randy Orton used the fucking, um, the screwdriver on um, Jeff Hardy's ear? And, you know, it rotated the whole thing around to twist it? Mm. Now, that's sinister. This was baby shit to this shit. So, yeah, now I see why dudes don't like this shit. <laughs> and I'm actually kind of sad that he's not here today, but... He's probably either in a comatose or he's with family right by now. So, nonetheless... Um... After this 20-minute just extreme passion and brutalizing, Drew McIntyre gets a little bit of spring, and he back springs up, and he hits Drew, and he hits um, Dolph Ziggler with an unexpected Claymore kick and gets the W. One, two, three. Mm-mm-mm. Sorry, Dolph. even, Even after all that, you still can't get to the promised land. Never a bride, always a bridesmaid. (laughs) So for me, this was five fucking flames. And I'm dubbing Drew McIntyre a new name, well, a new nickname. Drew can't kill McIntyre. Because he's like, you can't kill him. (laughs) Especially when you have Big Show going against him after WrestleMania. You're looking at the lineup that he did face Bobby Lashley, too. For that world heavyweight championship, then you have Dolph Ziggler, and then if were it sources do confirm that maybe it'll be Randy Orton for SummerSlam, depending on the booking situation, if he can get past him, that'd be actually pretty good. But there's only the wait and see. Kudos to Drew McIntyre, man. He's been putting in that work, man. So I don't know what's the people, why people are so mad. About Brock Lesnar not being back, and because like I said, you need to build new stars, W. Wrestling is gonna change the same way how times are gonna change. So from my so from my look at it, from my expectation is I'm 30 years old. So I started very early. I started where WWF was still trying to get my like, massive appeal, it's just still buying out companies and getting all these big 350 pounders to come in and only do 5 minute matches, squash matches and then you have Hulk Hogan being the main event doing the same thing so as time goes on time goes on, we get different eras, different generations of different characters, you know what well, was the new generation, Lex Luger um, Razor Ramon, Kevin Nash Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels you know what I'm saying the, the classification and the technique and the ability had changed. And the physique had definitely changed. So it's not always going to be these big, tough guys, big, super juiced up gorilla heads, basically, and always winning and succeeding and getting over the top. It's not the way how it was anymore. Times have changed. This is 2020. This is the year of the athlete. But in certain people's cases, this is the year of reality. The reality is the person... Who's playing that character is going to get himself over, whether he likes it or she likes it or not, or or anything of that type of sort. No matter what fucking promotion that you are, so I respect that match because I feel that Drew McIntyre had went through that circuit. He started off and he's just like he started and he's just like everyone else did. Got you know, got his name up, got him up, came onto the roster, was supposed to be McMahon's. Chosen one back in 2010. That was, you know, this was 10 years ago. Gets released probably like a year or two later. The things didn't work out. He goes back to the Indies. He rejuvenates his game. Rejuvenates himself. Better physique. But for the way that he looks, he looks like he's an overall wrestler itself. He's not so juice head. He's not too skinny. He's right in the middle. He's average. You know what I'm saying? And plus... He's Scottish, so you bring a ethnicity to the thing, ethnicity to the selection of your champion, or of your, um, of your character, but you're embracing it because that is who the fuck that you are. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I give more respect to him than, you know, most people that's just going into companies and just getting dubbed a name and a character. And I'd rather be myself, Shizlansky, going into the ring and wrestle as Shizlansky rather than me going in there feeling and portraying someone the fuck else and then whatever I don't get over. It's just a waste of the company's time. It's a waste of my time. Don't have me look like a fucking goofball because money don't influence me. So, just with that, um, like generation-wise, So when it comes to these ratings that supposedly that's been at the lowest of lows for the past 10 years, 10 years, or I think it was five, five to 10 years worth was those type of numbers. Jesus fucking Christ. So don't blame it on Drew. Don't blame it on Brock. Can't blame it on Vince. You got to blame it on this whole fucking pandemic situation. And the fact that you're still doing this. In the hotspots so zone anyway, in in Florida, nonetheless. If, 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 I mean, it wouldn't matter if they really came to Los Angeles. It wouldn't matter if they really went to New York. It wouldn't matter if they even went to Chicago. And because of the fact that, that they own the Performance Center, they're thinking that, oh, we can just do it here because we own this. So it's like, no matter the fuck what. People's going to get the same location over and over again. Sometimes the storylines just don't add up. Or, and certain people, like, like me and the crew, who will really follow storylines. If if there's a storyline that's interesting, we'll follow it. But other ones, we just don't give a shit for. Which hence, the whole greatest system, the way that we give it two shits and a toy, see flush or sometimes you'll get a five flames. So, I don't want to have to hear that, oh... That Just the fact that Drew McIntyre is not worthy enough to draw to be as a champion. How many times have you said the same thing to so many other people? You even said that shit to Diesel. You put the belt on Sean afterwards. <laughs> and you put it on the belt when the time was pretty bad because WCW was at its hottest. So it's not about the choosing of the champion. It's the fact about we're, we're in the situation where this this outbreak of a pandemic can be lethal, can be serious, and people should take it seriously. So, don't be mad when other people are bored of television and they find other things to do outside of television. And then that takes them away from the TV screens, especially around the time period. Especially if they're not Vivid fans, they're not going to watch it every day. Or they're not going to watch it every fucking week. That's just my, you know, that's my two gears, folks. (laughs) Moving on to the last match, which was, I can't really call it a match, a cinematic (laughs) finale. Or it's a cinematic chapter. This was the Wyatt Swamp fight between Bray Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. So this match was some. this was some shit. This was some shit, and this was so freakishy weird, but it wasn't chaotic. It was more black magic. And braids again, the mind manipulation, and very, very few fights. I mean, Ron only followed on like some goons and stuff like that. One of them was supposed to be lit on fire, <laughs> And as he's dreaming di- in disillusion again, um lesser bliss, pff, disguised as Sister Abigail, leaves Brian to try to get this dist- get him distracted in the mythical spiritual way, attacks Bray. Bray attacks him, disappears again. Then well, I'm gonna start from the. I'm gonna start from from the very top, real quick. Mythical powers. Bron, Brian is being kept houses as Ray makes his speech and prophecy, and leading him the way of the way again. But of course, Bron's not going for it, and he fades into this illusion. A snake bit him, by the way. So a snake, a python, was getting involved into this. Um. Then he wakes up. Around can't fight, he fights off some goons. One of them gets lit on fire. And then all of a sudden, he sees Sister Abigail or Spirit, but for court. but it was a lesson bliss. And that leaves Braun being dazed into Bray Wyatt's Watt, attack, and he disappears again. Bronn gets distracted by some boat that he remembers, walks over in the swamp to go see it till Bray attacks him again. When he was coming from the swamp. Um, Tried to drown him. But eventually with a few minutes. he um, Strowman recovers. Then Bray attacks him again with a club. Trying to knock him down. Look what you made me do. And laughs. Sickly. And Braun Strowman gets up. And kicks him into the swamp. Ugh, Braun's looking to try to claim it. To say that it's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Until Bray rises again with a mandible claw and gets him on some Freddy Krueger type shit and brings him into the swamp with no signs of life. Then we see the red light within the water. Then the fiend rises as the last echo in the background of the swamp. Let me in. They face the black with an evil twisted laughter echoing at the very end. Wow. Uh, 25 minutes, before I give my greed, I can't say the whole thing sucked, but some parts of it really... Like, come on. I mean, my manipulation, Swamp Fight, I was hoping and expecting that we going to see some crazy shit like the way that we see it in the Boneyard match. But I guess, certain people and certain things are taking in certain consideration, especially when it came to this one. So I, so when I hear this whole swamp fight, I, I'm not thinking like, okay, these two are really going to wrestle in, in, in a fucking swamp. This ain't no 1990s shit. They're going to go with this cinematic mini movie fight. And they're going to try to do the best that they can to stick to the story and stick to the guy line, stick to the character. You got to understand what the character is. Brave Why is playing a mythical dark sorcerer. He controls that swamp. He controls that environment. I wouldn't be surprised if Friday comes on Friday Night Smackdown and we don't see Braun Strowman that episode he's going through that metamorphosis and then now he's been sucked back into the swamp that he did not want to fucking do he did not want to go back to that life again to be his puppet Watson is want to come back to be his motherfucking puppet and you want to know what's going to fuck going to happen he's going to lay the fuck down and let Bray fucking win and boom Bray Wyatt is back to being the fiend and back to being the champion again and keeping that belt hostage. That's the power that he's going to fucking possess. Especially by this fucking rate. But the one that I don't stand is how are you going to bring back the fiend when we just had to eat of the world I just felt for this shit. And seriously, we... Ugh. Like, I don't understand if they're really just trying just to Digging into the merchandise and trying to flush something out. But come on, man. I was just having a little fun with this Bray Wyatt eating other worlds that we haven't seen in a while, in the last like, couple of years. to now you're giving us the theme. It's just so many times. It's like you tricked us. It's like eating a fucking forbidden fruit that we're not supposed to have. And somehow we just managed to try to get caught with it. Man. But it also feels like you'd be like, okay, you give me, I mean you do your chores for two whole weeks. Two whole weeks of doing your I mean, chores properly, no complaints or no nothing. And I'll give you your allowance. And then when your allowance comes, oh, I'll have the money. You 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 go on the other way till tomorrow. You feel like you feel like you got gypped. Feel like you made a fucking commitment, you stick with it, and then you you saying like you give the right result. Like, damn, I probably would have said, like, yo, my finishing ending probably would have probably would have been him coming out, Bray Wyatt coming out, bringing his boy on, like, some Jason, Freddy versus Jason type shit. The very ending of that movie, where Jason is holding Freddy Krueger's hand, um, head type shit, but instead of his head, you just carry his boy from the damn swamp. But him knocked out, and then you lay laying over him It's like let me in. And then the fate echoes, and then it could have ended that way. We didn't want to see The Fiend, to be honest. I'm sorry. I didn't. If you would have stuck to it, and had Bray Wyatt came out as the either of the world's Bray Wyatt, I would have been fantastic. But this, you gave me The Fiend, and I was already iffy of The Fiend at first. And then I got won over, and then when it came to the bullshit-ass matches... Of how he lost about the Goldberg. Which we will—we shouldn't go back to that piece of shit. In a matter of fucking a minute, a minute or two. this you know, Straight disrespectful. And then you bring it back to this. WWE, you need to know what the fuck are you doing. V- Bruce Pritchard got to be going out of his mind backstage. And Vince is causing that shit to happen. You're going to kill him, man. And he's the only trustworthy motherfucker that you got left. So he by word, Mr. visit Kennedy McMahon Jr. Please, when it comes to these fucking storylines, stick to one road, stop having folks in the fucking road, and, and creating difficult choices for yourself. The, from that from Oscar match to the booking of the MPV uh, of the MPV in the Paul Cruz match? To Bailey and Nikki Cross's match. And especially when they came. Well, actually, especially when they came to the Oscar and Sasha Banks match. This match, I'm gonna give it some sympathy because it went along with the theme. Obviously. And certain people that 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 expect wrestling match after wrestling match know. Especially when it comes to these fucking things. That's like seeing the Barry Alive match. If we see nothing but a fucking wrestling match and call it a Barry Alive, come on, that's disrespectful. Shit, I remember being the Barry Alive mask was his own entity. It was his own pay-per-view name. It was a gimmick that turned into a pay-per-view name. That speaks volumes. Not this shit. (sighs) So, 3.5 stars for this. No, excuse me. 3.75 stars. This would have been five if I would have been editing and directing this thing my way. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. I would have made this thing look like, yo, this is going to be continuation, continuation, and this will not stop. So 3, stars. I'll give you some DCC because it went along with the fucking theme. Several key points to it where Alessa Bliss um, majestically, as sister Abigail, draws Braun in. It's like, damn, that's some deep, twisted shit. You're really using his crush. Against him to try to get him involved. Like you're using his reality. His real life. In Into with the storyline. Which is pretty dope. But by damn but You could have just executed a little bit better. I don't know. Maybe it was the CGI work. That you know what I'm saying. That was done for this match. You know what I'm saying. That's the only thing that I could probably think about. The computer animation when it comes to this. So. That's what i got to say about that. So for the overall show itself. I know people are mixed feelings about this because it sucked. So, and because of certain matches and how it ended and all this shit, according to my greed, I would really balance this thing out. I would give it a solid 3.25 stars. Solid. Solidly. That's my final. Only because it was like there and there, but it stinked. Especially when it came to the whole horrifying... Fire, fire, fun house, tales of the Crypt gimmick and shit. <laughs> like for real, who who the hell really wants to see that bullshit all over again? Sorry, not this guy, not me. And that's gonna be the end of our show. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you to our fellow supporters. Thank you to the crew, even though the, even though that they're not here. I'm hoping that they're taking care of themselves. Because I'm going to be needing them back eventually. And as you'll be hearing from me eventually tomorrow for the recap for tonight's Monday Night Raw. To see the fallout of the Last Night's Extreme Rules horror show. And also, we're going to have a special After Dark episode tomorrow as well. So, we've been a little busy it over here on our town lately. And yes, tomorrow... Yes, tomorrow at 5.30, we're going to be having an after the episode interview with one-on-one with um, Mr. Ronnie Moses. He wrestles in Wrestle Pro, um the Wrestling Pro promotion right now as we speak. So, we're going to have a quick little conversation with him, see what's going on, um, see what's going on on his side of town and stuff. And also, I got to give him a special word from Mr. Ryan Cartwright. Anyway, so... It says they, they're both boys, it says they both know each other, i will got to make that happen. And hopefully next time we can bring them both on the show, that we can really get something going. <laughs> so, y'all know the drill. Follow us on social medias. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, off the top rope. Search for us in the search bar. That's all that it really takes. Off the top ropes. Eh. Podcast. <laughs> And also, you can follow our podcast here on Anchor. You can also follow us on Google Podcasts, uh, Breaker Podcasts, Radio Public Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud as well. And if you are, please use our hashtags. Hashtag OTTR. Hashtag Support OTTR. Hashtag Support Local Podcasts. Hashtag Off the Top Ropes. Hashtag Off the Top row Podcasts. Hashtag... Black owned podcast and hashtag professional wrestling. So um since I'm by myself, I did my own plugins and no one else is here. So ha. <laughs> so as I said it before, I said it again. You can catch me tomorrow as I recap Monday Night Raw coming up next. So until then, um once told me it was gonna be telling you guys a brand new little slogan of the day. Um no matter what lies in front of you, seize that opportunity, but always have a backup plan. Because sometimes you want to put all your eggs in one basket. Mm-mm, no, sure don't. Because sometimes that basket will have a big miniature hole in it. And as you walk along, um, along, along along your path, an egg drops. Then when you look at it again, it's less and less. What's happening? Improvision is wrong. Maybe you're not setting yourself straight. Better preparation, better results. That's all I got to say, folks. Until then. And this is what they say. I mean, be that say. That's how I'm fucking around with you. <laughs> um, what is that? No. Well, look out, Marlon. Say cheese. Nope. <laughs> no. I ain't going to say no fucking hoku no matata. Um. Uh, no, 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 no! I ain't, I ain't, I ain't gonna do that either. Because apparently, this is OTTR signing off.